What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the 9x9 Volleyball Show. It is Tuesday, June 21st. My name is Rob St. Clair. That is Everett DeLorme. Everett, we are back, uh, back to the normal format of the show now that we have, we've had a week off after just pumping out all sorts of crazy amounts of content during the week of Volleyball Nations League in Ottawa. But uh, you're, you are back in Toronto. I'm back in Chicago. And VNL has certainly not slowed down. There's still volleyball going on all over the world. But uh, before we jump into the week of women's volleyball that we missed and men's, it's getting back up again. Uh, let's do a, a, a little recap of, of our of our Ottawa experience because there was a lot of it. We we put out so many videos that uh, we were kind of just just on autopilot. Well, I mean, hey, well, without without even talking about the videos that we put out, like I feel like that's almost secondary to the experience that we had in Ottawa. First of all, Indeed. you and I got to meet for the first time. About time. Um, yeah. Which that was, was awesome. On, which which was awesome. It was a it was a it was a great week. I had to refrain myself from swearing there just to add emphasis of of how awesome <laughs> it was. Um, and it was just you know we were in the thick of it the entire time. It was your first VNL event for me. It was fantastic to come back, and it was it's kind of like seeing you know old friends and family they haven't seen along for, for a long time. You know all the the referees and the people who you know help run the events and the you know the venue people because there's been multiple there back at, at TD. So yeah, it was it was great to be there. Great to see the boys in action. Uh, great to see live volleyball again. Like, how awesome was it to be able oh. to, like, you know? And then at the same time, how awesome was it just to be able to like sit courtside and and watch these matches go down? Right. Honestly, was- that was my favorite part because, like, I talked about a bunch on the shows that we did live there from the gym. Like, I I was commentating most of the matches during the event and while i was commentating i really had the worst seat in the house like i was up yeah, really was brutal, up right? really high like right along the net just just about as high as you could be like you need above, to get right that into the notes uh, yeah oh trust me it's it's like talking <laughs> point number one when i uh, when i get in front of some people that matter here in the next week or two but yeah Good the luck. games that the games that you and i were just like walking around courtside uh, my favorite spot was up on our, our boy dj paul leblanc like next to him on his little stand like by the baseline uh you got some so much of your great like phone videos slow-mos from there that was some of my favorite matches were the ones that we were just like walking around we were there courtside because like we've talked about so many times, there's just no substitute for watching volleyball in real life. No, it's absolutely not. No substitute at all. And to be and back to that after all this time was just the best. Especially with all those players too. Like it's so yeah. many players that I've never seen live and in person. And it, it's, it's weird to say because we talk about them, like we know them, but because they play on a, on a different continent usually, and we, do, we don't get to watch them, you know, like Engapeth and, and Gianelli and Fornal and, uh, you know, get to see Nikolov for the the first time. Um, wow, it was it was impressive. Yeah, exactly. It, it, was, it was just something else, and it gives you just such a better notion, uh, everyone. And I mean, we missed very little of of these matches. Like we watched pretty much all of them. I and... was there for every single one. Yeah, yes. I, don't, I didn't miss one. Yeah, it was crazy. exactly. So it was great. Uh, and then speaking of that, that DJ stand uh, that we were sitting on, we actually got pretty lucky. It was originally supposed to be like a VIP spot. Like it was supposed to be because remember the first day we were there, it was yeah, set up, there like, some tables, tables and, there and, and, and the high chairs and stuff like that. But it was because the dad of all the guys were supposed to be high up in the corner and they were too far away. So they couldn't see it. So they got switched. So that's how it ended up uh, ended up being our spot. But uh, I think the FIVB should keep or Volleyball World should keep that and just have that as like a press filming spot and just Dude, let it's the, make all the uh, it's the best angle ever and yeah that's that's one of the things that i i loved that i want to uh 
you know, give that feedback back that that's a phenomenally good spot to watch the games from. Uh, yeah, the, the, just having those eight teams there being surrounded by them constantly, getting to talk to so many of them, getting all the interviews that we got that are here on this YouTube channel. Uh, there, there was just so much that we were able to get out of that week that we wouldn't have gotten if we weren't there in person. Like just talking to Nikola Gerbich, talking to Andrea Gianni, uh, talking to Ben Josephson a million times for just hours on end, every bit of every second of which I was just on the edge of my seat waiting for what he was going to say. You've, like you've jumped onto the Benjo bandwagon now, haven't you? Yeah, of course. I mean, <laughs> listen, listening to the man, how could you not? He's 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 just a gold mine of sound bites, and so yeah, getting all that and then getting to celebrate with the Canadian national team after the win over Bulgaria, yeah. which really was a relief for everybody in that city uh that was that was a blast oh man yeah that was that was something else it was it was a little bit of a rough week and it was it was weird at one point because you know i've never seen them lose that much um (laughs) yeah to go zero and nine and sets to start the tournament was exactly it was was hard but furthermore you know after uh, the win against bulgaria i went i went over to to coach uh to, to coach and you know we we're, were walking to go do the interview and he and i was just like coach like and he 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 said something funny too along the lines of like you know good now you can be a little bit happier in this in this interview and i was like man i'm sorry but i don't think i've ever seen you lose three games in a row and and he looked at me and said you know i can't remember the last time i i've lost those three games in a row so it was it was such a relief um great kind of ending to what was a, a fantastic week uh and now we're we're, we're back here but we we did get we did get a bit of a shout out while while we were there. Oh well, first first and foremost, I do yes, think we did. I do think we should thank everyone uh, from the Discord who was there. Uh, that, yeah, that came, came man, I should have put the picture out. in here. Dang oh, it! Oh yeah, that, that would have been awesome. Um, that, that was a miss, but yeah, we got to meet up with people from the Discord and put some faces and voices and personalities to these Discord usernames that we've been interacting with for the better part of like two years, and that was just so cool. Yep. Got to meet so many people who are really active contributors to what we do because the volleyball source discord is where a good amount of our information comes from. Like it's impossible for just you and I and Dan, when he's here, like the three of us can only do so much. We only have so many hours of volleyball viewing that we are capable of. And the discord is full of so much great info that we can't possibly get that makes the content we make better and uh, getting to meet those people and thank those people and, and uh, just have some drinks and hang out with them and tell some stories off the record and just all that was was really really fun so uh if you want to be a part of such a community uh, the volleyball source discord is exploding in populations about 600 people now which is crazy uh links in the description and yeah whatever whatever i was alluding to was uh in addition to the like gigantic viewership numbers we got during that week and we also got uh, a, a little accidental shout out from one of the canadian national team players check out this clip from our from everett's interview with brett walsh but I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court, and the rules are the same. So we uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's on the back of your shirt. Dude, dude, <laughs> a little free shout out for you. A little, nice little um, stutter there for me. And eh? It doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. But I think the main things is watch it again. <laughs> Volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court. And I think I think Dan so was here for this uh, one too. Yeah, he was. He's the one holding the phone. Oh yeah, he's, he's, hold, he's holding the phone. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah it, was, great, it, was, huh? it was it was just perfect. Was wearing the shirt. Got the got the got the free promo. Um, yeah, and uh, overall, uh, great time. 
Sucked to see Canada only go one and three. Was hoping to go two and two uh, at least. Uh, but overall, was a great was was a great great week. And glad that volleyball's back. It's totally. Like, it's, so it's, yeah, it's official. Glad that yeah. glad that volleyball is back. Feels really good. So yeah, check out the the last live nine by nine we did uh, after the last games there from Ottawa from about a week and a half ago now. Uh, that's if you want to go check out kind of our full recaps from everything that happened that week. That's a good spot to do that. Uh, but now Everett, we are back at home. We are watching the rest yeah. of the tournament just from afar, just like the rest of the fans are. Yeah, and, we're, uh, we're just fans now. We're plebs, right? And we we took up. we took last week off, which I would like to think was well deserved. And we missed really an entire week of women's volleyball nations league. So uh, now the women's VNL like preliminary round is two thirds of the way done. Everybody's mm-hmm. played eight matches out of their twelve, and we're starting to get a little bit of clarity on who's looking like teams that are legit, who's going to make the playoffs, uh, and who's maybe going to get relegated. And, and the, the biggest surprise, at least to me, is Japan undefeated at an almost perfect 23 points. Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird how this tournament lays out. Like, after week one, there's so much left. And after week two, it's, it's oh my goodness, this is this is pretty much done. It's right? almost it, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, absolutely. Japan's just playing really steady right now. Uh, and I think they're just one of those teams that's, you know they've got they've got a lot of quality throughout their entirety the the lineup and i think that's the really something something can be said about about their their women's team is just that they've got so much quality throughout that they can kind of roll the bench and have that ability to still have quality while their teams are kind of tooling and and and, and fixing things around so i mean they did get that win that big win against the the us uh which put them on the top and then they've continued to continue to roll uh since then but um for me kind of after week one thailand was the big story but they, they kind of cooled down a little bit yeah except, when, except for when they played canada in the first game over in the philippines uh they kind of smacked us around a little bit um but yeah i i, th- I was i was expecting more from a little bit more from thailand and they, they let me down a little bit yeah, so now they're sitting in eighth, like right on the bubble for the playoffs. And right on the rem- cusp, yeah. Right. Reminder that Turkey, or as they have fully like rebranded according yeah. to the United Nations, a Turkey, they want, to, they want everyone to pronounce it how they pronounce it now. So whatever, if we make that mistake, we apologize. We don't mean to offend any of our Turkish fans. But um, So Turkey automatically qualifies. They're hosting the finals in Ankara. Uh, but after that, the, there's seven more teams that get spots in the finals, and Thailand's sitting in eighth right now. Because uh, Turkey, I think, is in fifth. Thailand right now looking at that spot, but Poland is, I think, what one point behind them. So pretty competitive there on, in the middle on the women's side. I, uh, I do, th- I do think that there's a bit of a gap there from Poland to the, the Dominican Republic. I, I do think that there's a bit of a gap there, and I don't think, like, I don't think Dominican, Canada, or Belgium are going to be trying to push that you know i think they're they're all kind of just picking up wins where they where can they, they can uh, i they i can totally agree but the point that actually i was just about to make was a really pleasant surprise was the recovery of the dominican republic this past True. week True. going three and one and their only five set loss was to italy who had paula egonu that week so I, I thought that they looked terrible that first week in louisiana and really really rebounded nicely i thought that they well i think they're a core team i don't think they can get relegated but they looked no, they are. They are a challenger team, actually. My apologies. Yeah, there's no way. There's they, no they, way that Dominican Republic's a core team. They, they do not have the money. They do not. And so they, they could hypothetically get relegated and really rescued themselves from that after a much, much better week in week and two. What's even more impressive, too, about this Dominican push here is that they've done it without Bethania de la Cruz. Right. Who has been, you know, b- basically the 
the go-to or yeah, Sheila Castro. No, no Brenda Castillo either. Sorry, Brenda Castillo, not Sheila Castro. Yeah. That's my, my apologies. Yeah, yeah no Brenda, Brenda Castillo. So, um, yeah, that's that's big for the Dominican. Um, kind of thinking that maybe we caught them at a good time. Canada playing them in in uh, week one uh, because they are they're looking real good right now. Speaking of Canada, uh, two and two on the week for the female no, Maple Volleys. One and three. Was it one and three? It was. It was one and three. Yeah, oh, lost. Uh, lost to Thailand. Beat Belgium. Lost to China. Lost to. Lost to Bulgaria. I thought you beat Bulgaria. No, we lost to Bulgaria, and it was. It was. A, it was a tough one to watch. It was just not. Oh, you beat Bulgaria in five. I've. I've got it. Uh, yeah, three, two, fifteen, eleven in the. Fifth. No, that's the. That's the men. It's not. It is hundred percent. That's the men. Oh, man, absolutely is. is. I watched that game. Dang it! I, I. I was. I was looking through this. I'm like, oh yeah, Canada beat Bulgaria. Good for them. No, yeah, I was wrong. Oops. Yeah, it was. It, yeah, it was. It was three three nothing for Bulgaria, and it was a bit of a. It was a bit of a frustrating game to watch. They just they were they were struggling to get any momentum going, and I know they they sat most of the starters uh, against China. Wanted to play them uh, against Bulgaria. That was the chance to kind of go two and two because you know what? If this team can go, if this team can finish five hundred, that's a massive win for this program. I think already this entire VNL already is the fact that we've got, we're, we're three and five uh, after two weeks. Like we were like three and 12 last year. So we've already equaled last year's uh, win totals. We've, we've gotten some pretty good. In fact, when we've won, we've won emphatically. Um, I think there was another good things too, that a lot has been left on the table in those losses, uh, especially against, especially against Bulgaria. I think that that team looks back and, and kind of that's one that they wanted uh, to get, but yeah, I think overall things are looking really good for uh, the Canadian women's national team. Not as good as the U S of course, but in our, in our bubble, in, in our realm, fantastic job so far by coach Windsor, Windsor and uh, that team of ladies. Yeah, I I have seen a little bit of the Bulgarian women so far, and have just been not been impressed at all. They just don't really have any like singular weapons, or they don't really come together that much as a team to impress me all that much. I I kind of expected Canada to win that one, which is why I was looking at the men's score and I got a little bit confused. So uh, speaking yeah. of Bulgaria and Canada, um, not only is there a race for the playoffs, the top eight in women's VNL, it is there's also a race for relegation. Because it's not a COVID year anymore. We're not in the bubble in Rimini. We don't have that that safety net like last year where nobody gets relegated. There will be one of the following five teams. Belgium, Bulgaria, Canada, Dominican Republic, and Poland. Who One of the five will get relegated out of VNL. Remember, it should have just been four, but Bulgaria uh, filled the spot left by Russia when they were kicked out of all the tournaments, including women's VNL. So one of those five teams is going to get relegated. Um, so Korea, who has been just embarrassing so far, 0-8, with only one set won the entire tournament, uh, for some stupid formatted reason, they're actually safe. They can't get relegated. Neither can the Netherlands, but Bulgaria, the next team up, yeah, yeah, Everett's making the money sign. I agree with him. Bulgaria right now in relegation position. And uh, if Canada had been able to win that match, it would have been even more likely uh, that Bulgaria wouldn't stay more than one year in VNL. But that, uh, you know, I love relegation races, Everett. Um, this is one to follow with, I mean, the challenger teams, let's see, 14, 12, 11, 10, and 9 in the standings right now. So it's very, very tight. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that Bulgaria loss was really it's definitely the one that got away for us, yeah. right? Like that, that's the one that would, that we should have won uh, and been able to take home, but we didn't, uh, we move on. We're still in a, in a pretty decent spot. Um, yeah. We just need to, we just need to take it, take it to the house uh, next to a uh, next week. Uh, but Hey, they're going to be playing at home in Calgary. 
So huge opportunity there for the uh, Canadian women's national team to pick things up and finish, th- finish th- things on a good note. And uh, I think they, there's an outside chance that they make the playoffs, that they sneak into eighth spot. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's, it's out of this realm. Like, who do they, who do they play? They play Turkey. Okay, that's not great. Turkey, um, Serbia, Germany, Netherlands. I mean, it's a you're you're not going to beat Turkey, and it just depends on which Serbian team shows up. But you could beat Germany and the Netherlands, but that probably won't be good enough. I mean, if they can go three and one here, three and one might be good enough. Like like six and uh, six and six and six. Yeah, that might be good enough. But yeah, Serbia, even without, uh, we haven't seen Tiana Boscovic at all this tournament. Serbia looks kind of good. Uh, they've played a couple good matches. I think they beat Turkey in five last week. So uh, they've they've shown a little bit of promise. I, don't, I would be surprised if Canada could pull that one off. But we are talking about Calgary here, which, by the way, if you can get there, uh, go. Get your butts in seats for that event. Um, but yeah, you've got to beat Germany. You've got to beat Netherlands. I mean, at the, end, at the end of the day for Canada, if we, uh, if, if we stay in the VNL, that's a win. Totally. Totally. Yeah, I totally agree. A uh, couple other things on the women's side before I move on. Um, my American team, uh, the USA, perfect 4-0 and in the Philippines last week. They said yeah, they so were are looking good. Yeah, they look great. Uh, it was interesting how Karch managed the rosters because in Louisiana week one, they brought basically the whole B team except both Olympic opposites. And in the Philippines, it was really the opposite. They brought really most of the Olympic team except neither of the two opposites. So no Andy Drews, no Jordan Thompson. But my girl Danielle Catino got a decent amount of playing time, another Purdue girl. That was great to see. Uh, we saw Micah Hancock and Lauren Carlini as Jordan Poulter continues to chill stateside. Justine Warren-Arantes was there. Like Catherine Plummer, Kelsey Robinson were there. Plummer the middles were there. Good. Told Plummer? you, dude, I, I really have faith in her on the national team more so than I do in clubs. She looked great. I, she, just, she looks so much different playing for the U.S. national team than she does 100%. playing for, for our club teams. Like She's just way more confident the way she moves. She's way more definitive with the way she attacks. Like She plays in that number one role. Maybe she just has that one of those mentalities where she can't, can't play that secondary role. Another shout-out I want to give is Allie Franti, who is so far leading the U.S. in scoring through eight matches just because she's really one of the only players that has played more. But she looks really, really good. And uh, I know she's going – I think she's teaming up with Carlini at which, – which Italian team next year? Maybe like a Casal Maggiore or something like that. One of those like middle-of-the-pack playoff Italian teams. Her and uh, Carlini are both going there, which is cool. Yeah, Allie Franti's look good. She's like a good – third or fourth outside hitter piece that has a great chance of making a world championship roster. So uh, she's been pretty good. USA at seven and one, a uh, very good chance to win the tournament. I think if they played Japan again with the full roster, Absolutely. we've got a very good chance. A hundred percent. I mean, that's, that's what I think is, is Japan. Maybe it's, it's like, maybe it's a little bit of strength of schedule. Um, I, it I th- could be, it could I, be. I think maybe that's, that's, definitely one of the things there is that maybe they're just not playing the best teams at the best times right now yeah so they've got so far they played korea germany dominican like which are three really bad teams at least in week week one they were all bad um and then the u.s which is a very good win then they beat poland they beat bulgaria they beat thailand and they beat china so china is the best team they've really played so far other than the u.s b team They've played a lot of the bottom of the table, and yeah. I feel like they would have their. They've got one of the easiest schedules going, um, which is somewhat suspicious. But hey, this is the FIV. Uh, yeah, it happens. They, so they're <laughs> coming up. They have Netherlands, Turkey, Serbia, Belgium. Yeah, that's pretty easy. They don't. They don't see Brazil. They don't see Italy. Italy. Yeah. Ooh, that's a that's a very fortunate break. So they'll get a great seed into the playoffs, and then we'll that that'll really put them to the test. 
Uh, let's look at some individual performances so far. One of the things that jumped out to me is how good Brit Brit Herbots looks, and how and bad also how, is. exactly and how bad Belgium is. It sucks. It's, it's it's a shame to see Brit Herbots finally back after like a year. Belgium of, you know, Belgium is the Netherlands. They're, they're the equal to the to the, the Dutch men, on the men's side. Yeah, you've I, just I like got that. one. You've just got one player who's real good, who does really really well in Italy, puts up numbers for some one of the one of the top teams is you know ranked internationally, and then the rest of your team just doesn't hold up. It's not quite good enough. Yeah. yeah so Belgium three and five, only eight points. Uh, they did have a good five set win over, I believe, Poland, uh, which was pretty impressive. But yeah, Herbot's leading the entire tournament in scoring right now. She's basically the Namir. Like you're talking about, where she's just got exactly. She just has so to score. Volume. Has to score 30 points a match for them to have a chance. So um, that's an interesting one there. And then uh, so there's so some of the leading scores so far. You're seeing the individual stat leaders are just the players who've played more at this point because a lot of the better teams have like the really really good teams like the tournament favorites, USA, Brazil, Italy have totally recycled in different players for the two weeks so far and i'm so i'm curious to see who who they bring to week three to try and grab those playoff spots versus resting some people uh last thing was this one of the matches that i watched that i thought was really good was this one uh, brazil versus turkey in brazil turkey gave them a pretty good run um took that first set pretty convincingly and they almost made a just a miracle comeback in the fourth but couldn't quite get it done. And uh, it was kind of the Gabi Guimara's revenge game against uh, her coach, Giovanni Gadetti from club and a lot of the Vaka Fank girls that play for Turkey. And uh, Gabi was terrific in that one. So I thought that match was pretty good. And Brazil started I, to, to be, look a to little more honest, themselves. To be honest, this is only like, you know, I, I only think that there's only four teams on the women's side, women's side that can truly win it. You know, like the, the top four right now, you've got United States, Brazil, uh, Italy, and Turkey. Uh, and outside of that, China doesn't have have the team. Serbia, even with Boscovic, just don't think they have enough around. I don't think they have an outside chance. Maybe they get. I I do. Team. I think if Serbia brings Boscovic, which I'm not even sure if she's on the 25 player roster, I actually think she might not be. Uh, I'll, I'll check on that really quick. Yeah, if if Boscovic isn't there, they have no chance at all. If she is, I think that they are better than Turkey. Honestly, really? Uh, yeah. I uh, and I'm looking. You rate? Right do now. you rate? Do you rate Serbia's outsides better than Turkey's outsides? I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. I think Lazovic and Mihailovic are both better than anybody. Mihailovic, that, true. That anybody that that Turkey can put out there, and yeah, I do not see Tiana Boscovic on the twenty-five. Okay, then yeah, player then, roster for Serbia. Serbia, Serbia does not have a chance. Agreed. So, yeah, I, I think it's Brazil. I think it's Brazil, USA, and Italy. Uh, I, I don't. 100%. I think they're all three of those are a little better than Japan, and they're a little better than Turkey. You're you're so right. What you said a few episodes ago about how Turkey is just missing those outsides. Watching they them, they are, just man. It's they're just, so they're so right side heavy. And even if you look at that box score right there, you, know, you got 21 for Karakurt and then 10 across the board, like that. Like they just need some secondary scoring, and it needs to come from the left side. Otherwise, like it's it's just not going to happen for them. They just need one player, just one, right? Just one. one it doesn't have to player. be both. They, they just, just need they just one, on, right? Like they just keep on um, naturalizing other players, like. They they picked up um, <laughs> Melissa Vargas, Vargas and Alexia Karatsashu, and they're yeah, both exactly. opposites. Like, exactly. what are they doing? Exactly right. So, like, what are what are you doing here, Turkey? Convert one of them, probably Karatasu. You know, she's young enough. Maybe she can still learn. Uh, she's left-handed. I don't, I don't like that. Ooh, I, lefty I, on the lefty on the left yeah. side. I like that a little bit of Kovacevic. Like, man, imagine <laughs> imagine a female version of Mikaleto. I, I guess she never. can't pass though. I guess she can't no. Pass, I, I think. Turkey, I don't know. Go find, your, go find yourself a left side, and then then you'll be in the. I still think I still think they have an outside chance, especially since they're going to be playing at home. 
you know, that's a good point. You're, you're going to be Great playing. Ankara. You're going to be playing. Is, is it Ankara or, or Istanbul? It's in Ankara. It's yeah. going to be Ankara, right? So you're going to be playing at home in Ankara. Yeah, absolutely. Let's just let's just run with it. Um, yeah. So yeah, we'll talk more about the the third week of women's this time next week as it just starts to get underway. But yeah, only four matches left per team on the women's Crazy. side as they try to make the playoffs. Yeah, it really has gone pretty fast. Uh, speaking of weeks just getting underway, let's move over to men's VNL. So men's VNL going down in two places in the world right now. Uh, the first one is in the Philippines, who ha- did a phenomenal job hosting the women last week. Uh, the I, crowds have been I, insane, man. Insane. I, I do want to I do want to address this real quick. I feel like there's been a lot of hate. Some in the Discord, some I've just seen in the volleyball ether on the internet on the Philippines getting the the VNL, even though they don't have teams. I absolutely love this. Right, me too. F one is one of the biggest spectacles in the world, and they have circuits in a bunch of countries where they don't have drivers right so let's find ways to get volleyball into markets like the like the philippines is volleyball crazy they love their volleyball right obsessed with so let's let's put it there where it was great it looked like all of the players had a fantastic time it it was to be honest it was kind of tough to watch uh being in the middle of the night and time zone was brutal for us time zone was brutal it was like 3 a.m 5 a.m stuff like that so I'd wake up and try to watch stuff in bed and just fall back asleep. Um, so it didn't happen. But honestly, good call. Like, good call by the FI, the volleyball world. A rare venue win here. Uh, because we're not, even, we're, we're not even going to talk about how embarrassing the Beach Volleyball World Championships were in Italy. Oh, where they that, had like Shreveport, Shreveport Bossy City type numbers for the majority of the tournament. Like watching s- World Championship semifinals. And you could hear like... Just like the crickets in the crowd, it was terrible. So volleyball world, good job at at to bringing volleyball to uh, to the Philippines. I, th- I think that's a fantastic a fantastic call and uh, good for those fans over there. Yeah, I agree with you. They they really showed out. They put on a phenomenal show for the women last week and so far today. They, so we already had uh, four matches today played: two in the Philippines, ridiculously early in the morning, and two in Bulgaria, which we'll talk about in a minute. But yeah, especially with sending Japan there, that was a smart move because. They command, as we've talked about many times, a massive fan base. And then so uh, those are the teams playing in the Philippines. I would say that's a little bit of a weaker pool. However, we'll talk about rosters in a second. And France and Italy both basically bringing the A teams. The other site for the men this week is Bulgaria. Another great home crowd. Bulgaria played today. They packed the house. It looked awesome. Uh, This pool, I would say, is a little bit stronger. Uh, Poland brought the A team. Brazil brought the A team. Serbia brought the A team. Uh, Bulgaria at home is a little dangerous, and then Canada and USA. So uh, let's jump into the rosters of some of these teams before we get to the matches that happened today. First off, I'm talking about Poland bringing the A-team, Everett. This is it. This might be the 14 World Championship players right here with maybe, maybe a couple exceptions. But this is it. I would, this I, team is nice. I, right, right away, I would make one change, and I think you're going to agree with me on it. No Gregor Lomach, and I'd put in Jan Fierle. After, I what, I saw, after what I saw last week uh, in Ottawa... I think Fearlay has has to has to be there. I, I thought I thought he did a fantastic job, but you're not wrong, right? Uh, no Hubert, right? Leon, let's be honest, he's trying to push it, like he has to say that. Yeah. He has to say that, but like let's be honest, don't don't push for it. You, you don't you don't need to run for it. I mean, maybe there's a, there's part of him that's like, dude, I've lost a lot recently. Like no Scudettos, no Champions League, no Olympics, no, uh, no Europe, you know European yeah. Championships. Our boy will so like, I, like, hardware. <laughs> like I need to come in it and 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 get that and get that dub at the World Championships, especially since it's going to be at home. Maybe that is going to entice him to come back a little bit faster. Uh, 
but you're exactly right. Like this is the 14 uh, moving forward, my, plus or minus a, a few guys. But uh, yeah, so I think Fearley, Fearley may be the second setter. I think um, Bartosz Bednors may be in for true. one of the outside hitters, maybe Kvolek. And honestly, here's yeah. the thing. Here's the thing that I thought. So they have these four middles there, Biniak, Kwos, Kokonovsky, and Poremba. I think they maybe should bring five outside hitters and only three middles. I don't. I don't think there's that much utility to having four middle blockers with the fourth one, Mateusz Paremba, being so young and not. He doesn't really add that much. If you need a third middle or like a blocking sub sort of character, you've got Carl Quos for that. And then I think the the value that Bed, Bartosz Bednors would bring, along with Kvolek, who I thought was really good uh, last or in, in Ottawa, I think that might be a little bit more of a better use of a roster spot. But yeah, this this Polish team, and we're going to see Janusz this week finally. We've yeah. got Diniak and Kochanowski back. We've got Kaczmarek and Kurek. We've got Shlivka, Semenyuk, Fornal. This is really Torski when we get to see like this is really when we get to see the new era era of Polish volleyball. Yeah, right? Yes, like, it is. We we got a bit of a tease last week, um, you know, with the secondary guys and the and the bench guys, but now they this played is, well. This they beat France. Absolutely, they played well, hundred percent. I mean, it just shows the quality of of Polish volleyball, and. I think it really is a huge testament to what they've been doing over there and how the Plus Liga has been growing and stuff like that, that they're able to have this roster and this solid of a roster. Like legitimately looking at this roster right now, this is to me a roster that can win the world championships. Completely and, agree. Even without Wilfredo Leon. Even yeah, without Leon, right? Which is which is absolutely scary. Um, but like, I, I think it's a huge testament to what that program is doing and the fact that they have Gerbich leading it all, I think is 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 even better. A massive upgrade from Heinen last year. Um, but this, yeah, this team is is gonna is gonna be scary. Um, and they still have a few guys to to possibly add, like like you said, like the fact that Bednorsh just isn't 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 even around yet uh, makes he, makes things. He like was very dealing with a, a tiny bit of an injury, I think, so maybe he gets back into the mix. But yeah, I mean, think about this starting lineup: Janusz, Biniak, Kochanowski. Either opposite Semenyuk and either like Shlivka or Fornal and like either Libero. Like you can mix, mix and match literally any of these 14 players, except for maybe Wilmach, who we're not particularly high on. And your roster is going to be unbelievable. But I think another thing to, to, to look at too with, with all of this is that Gerbich knows so many of these players. Totally. Like how, all how the many of the guys that he coached last year. Right. Exactly. How many of those guys were, were part of that Zaxa team? And actually, so, Janusz is the only one that was not. And that's something that I'm really curious to see because Gerbich, being a former world class setter himself, we saw him really roll with Jan Firle in Ottawa. And I think he really learned a lot about him. And this tournament, I expect him to do the exact same with Marcin Janusz because he didn't have him in Zaxa last year when they won that first Champions League. And then uh, Gerbich was gone this year when Zaxa did it again. I think he's going to get a lot of understanding about who Marcin Janic really is as a setter this week. And Gerbich, of all people, uh, is going to get the most out of that, I think. Real real quick in the chat, Vival Nut. Uh, I think Butrin is honestly on the same level as Kashmarek and Kurek. I don't. He's a, he's a little bit behind. He's uh, He definitely gives gives up some as a blocker mm-hmm. and a defender. And I think the, another thing that's nice about both Kashmarek and Kurek is they can step in and pass the ball as, as a fourth guy if you really need them to. Uh, both of them are capable of that, and I don't think Butrin is, although Butrin's arm... Mm, really? Oh sure, I mean Kurek was an outs was a world class outside hitter for ten years. Yeah, but I mean, okay. So even he once said to me, and I was just like, you know, it's, it's so awesome that you're you're as good as you are playing on the outside. It's big, and he's just like, I'm more of an opposite that plays left side. 
You know, like <laughs> I think he was he would himself even admit that he he's not he's not the greatest passer. But that's okay. Uh, but, that, that's, but Kazmar, Kaz, I I do think he has that skill. I mean, hey, he did he did. I'm pretty sure him, him and Slivka won a beach world championship together, like a jun, a junior, like a U twenty one or a U twenty three, U twenty three or something like that. So I, I think be, I think he has the skill. <laughs> However, the one thing about Butrin is that he's an absolute sledgehammer. Oh my God! Um, his arm. Watch, watching how hard he hit the ball in person. His Yikes. shoulder is mm. absolutely ridiculous. His hand contact is so good. I I feel like I want to shake his hand because I feel like it would just crush me. And <laughs> I, you know what? I, I'm not entirely like I'm not confident in the longevity of a Bartosz Kirk. Right? I'm not sure. I'm not sure how how much he is in the plan of Paris 2024. I think he is, but I think after that, that's it. I, I really but, do, and I hope that Butcher can stay around for that long. Dan's been high on him for a long time. We finally got to see him, and I think we've already talked about too much about a roster without. I mean, there's we we got we got to get some more rosters. We got to get to matches that were played today. Re- so. Real real quick though, V Ball Knight come back with the fair. Kirk is better than past prime though. Butrin is like a better Bartman. Kind of similar um, play styles. I I don't hate that comparison. Uh, Zbigniew, like Zbigniew you, Bartman, for those who didn't watch Poland in like 2010-ish, was yeah. just a straight fireballer that they had on the right side that just, just crushed balls with reckless abandon. It was really fun to watch. Butrin is, I think he's he's shorter than that for sure. He's also a little bit smarter than that, but just he's as not, much of a cannon. He's, 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 more of a, he's more of a bulldozer than a bulldog. He's more of a bulldozer than a, than a, than a bulldog, if if you know what I if you know what I mean by that. But uh, man, what are the biggest what ifs with Zabiemu Barton, who got injured in the semifinals of the 2013 World League, I believe. Uh, uh, that sounds about right. Yeah. So uh, moving on, we got a lot more rosters to look at for men's as as teams are really starting to bring A teams. Speaking of A teams, Serbia. Look at this, this Serbian roster. And after all that they did in Ottawa, like they, I know they went two and two, but Everett, you and I agreed that they were really our pleasant surprise that week con- considering who they brought. Look at those middles. Kursmanovic, Lisanac, Pudrashinin. All the boys are there. And you still got Masilovic, who I, th- who, I, who I thought really, was really good. Me yeah, too. I thought it was really good. One of, one, one of my biggest things to look at, though, is right in the middle of the screen – Everyone's new favorite volleyball player, Nikola Melianovic, is yes. on the roster. We're no more Petkovic. It's him and Antonasievich. I'm honestly, I was a little disappointed that we didn't get him in the last match uh, for Me Serbia. Too. I, I, thought, I, really thought I thought we it was going to. Gonna, I thought they were going to go two and two, you know, and then they went with Petkovic, and he was pretty average. But Nikola Melianovic, Aquaman is here to play. Like, yeah, let's go. Slip. Cal Drogo is ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen this guy, I watched Nikola Melianats this week. And so then, yeah, Katic, outside hitters, Katic, sort of the ball control character, Kuyunzic and Peric, who we met in Ottawa, who were young and awesome. And then Nemanja Petric, who's like an old school. He's their captain. He's been there before. He's like the perfect veteran. And then the same two liberos like that Serbian roster. They're back to the point where the, really their questions are what kind of Atanasievich are you going to get? And is Jovovic going to be their ceiling as a setter? But I thought he played pretty well in Ottawa. So this Serbian team, especially because I think Serbia plays the USA on uh, tomorrow. Serbia-USA tomorrow is going to be a huge match. This Serbian team is maybe a contender to win this tournament. Maybe. Maybe. Wow. Really? Maybe. They, they oh, have the, I think that's they have the best. They have I the think best. That- they have the best three middles of any team in the tournament. That's not even close. Yeah, but they're so young on the left side, right? And like Kotic is all right. 
Like if you had Kovacevic in there instead of Milan Katic, then you're starting to look at something pretty serious, right? I'm not, uh, I'm not sold on Nemanja Petric in a tournament like this where you're going to have to play a lot of games in a short, short period of time. And you've got two young guys. Yes, we were impressed by Kuminic and Peric in Ottawa. However, once you start getting that pressure that some of the big teams are going to be able to bring, like I think that's that's where we're that's where we're going to see them start start to break down. So Hopefully. I'm not I'm not sold on them at all as a team. I'm sold on them as a playoff team. But I think there's an outside chance that they even make it to the semifinals. I don't think they, I don't think they went into the, in the, their first round of the playoffs. Okay, I am a little higher on them than you are. Then uh, moving on to Brazil, one of the disappointments of Week One, uh, getting that that sweep by China was one of the great upsets really I've ever seen in volleyball. Brazil dropped out of the number one spot in the in the world rankings for the first time in 20 years. That spot now occupied by Poland. So uh, Brazil, who are in Bulgaria this week, have brought the A-team, at least as, as, as best they have. You've got uh, Kachopa and Bruno Setters, uh, Lucas, Flavio, Isak, and then uh, Leandro Santos at middle, who I don't know who he is, but th- those three are Olympic caliber. Uh, you have both Souzas at opposite, uh, Alan Souza and Dan's favorite, Darlin Souza, his younger brother, the two opposites. I'm curious to see him. And then outside hitters, you got Yoandi Leal. And you got Ricardo Lucarelli. I did not know if that's, Lucarelli was going to be healthy for this. That's honest. That's honestly all they. they that's their biggest hole right now. Totally. They totally. got yeah. destroyed on the left side. Look terrible. Terrible. They, looked, on the left. they just looked terrible, and they weren't able to do anything else. Now that Leal and Lucarelli are back, even if you don't have both of Walmart at the same time, even if you're only rocking with one at one at the time, you have that anchor there, and then it's really going to come down to which Souza is going to out Sousa the Sousa, right? Because like it, ha- it has to, it, that it sounds has- stupid, but I know exactly what you mean by that, right? Like who's, who's it going to come down to, right? Let's just duke it out. Sousa style. I, I, I love it. Love it. So yeah, this is basically Brazil's a team. Uh, I don't, there's not really missing anybody here and they have some questions to answer after a pretty bad week last week. Uh, moving on to Italy. Speaking of A teams, oh my goodness! Really, the only player missing here is is Ivan Zaitsev. They have everybody else: Gianelli and Spertoli setting, Anzani, Galassi at, at the middles, and then Cortesia and Mosca behind them. They're 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 bench formers. They might see a little bit of time. Uh, opposites: Panali and Romano. I, I mean, those are the guys without Zaitsev. I think Panali is a huge liability. I was not impressed by him at all no. in Ottawa, but Romano looked pretty good. And Romano then more importantly, you have Botolo, Lavia. And Micheletto. And then uh, Arrested Cavuto is their fourth outside hitter. They, I think you're going to see. I think you're going to see. They can Cavuto run three outside hitters. They, they, they can do the Trentino thing. They can put Lavia opposite the setter. They can run with Botolo and Micheletto as the outsides. And then Fabio Bolasso, one of the best liberos in the world, is back. They can do the Trentino thing. And I'm really curious to see if they try it. Because I think that with the uncertainty of both Romano and Penali, I think that they, they really might be onto something there, bringing that Trentino system to the national team. My big question right now is, is Fernandino Giorgi, Di Giorgi is going to be there? Because last we heard, he had to uh, quarantine for 10 days in an Ottawa hotel room after co- contacting, co- contracting COVID in Ottawa. The so very who, last day. And he, I think that, going ten, to... that 10 days would be up, I believe, tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, something like that, right? So is he there? Is he in the Philippines with the team right now? And if not, who's who's going to be running this team, right? And do they have the balls to run a three outside hitter system, right? <laughs> that's that's my biggest question. If if you know, we do know that Mikaleto's father is is part of the roster. 
uh, for that Italian team. So you know that they have some of that Trentino influence there. So I think I think they just might. We might be able to see it. And to be perfectly honest, like, you know, we want to talk about Botoro, Lavia, and Micheletto. I do think Cavuto is decent enough to be able to get some minutes in there. I think he's going to get some, I think he's going to get some swings, things, swings this week. And I think also we're probably going to see an offense majoritarily run uh, by Spertoli. Right. Gianelli played every single, pretty much every single minute in Ottawa. He's going to get the rest a little bit in the Philippines. I agree with you. And I was going to bring up the same thing. I think Spertoli gets at least two full matches of the four, if not maybe three. I think I would say he gets three. Okay. Yeah. At at bare minimum, too. I think it's time to to give him that run. He played all VNL last year, was good, had a great club season. And if there's a guy to run the three outside hitter system, it's the guy who set that Trentino team this year. So, exactly. uh, I'm excited to see Micheletto again for sure. And uh, Boasso as well it is a nice pickup. Uh, moving on to France. France's roster is very similar to what we saw in Ottawa, just a couple of exchanges. One is a setter switch. Uh, no Antoine Brizard, but Benjamin Tonuti is back. So that's really cool. Uh, Nicolas Legoff is in. Uh, he replaced one of their backup middles. So now they've got really their two starters. And then uh, Kevin Tilly, who's injured, was replaced by Trevor Cleveno. So. Now, really, France, the only piece they're missing is Genia Grabenikov, who uh, just had a kid about a month ago. So he's he's um, taking a little bit of paternity time, well-deserved. So I really wonder is we, we saw um, Brizal get injured in the Serbia game, right? We oh, saw that it, hand. We, yeah, we saw it take, right him take it, it, take it off the uh, take it off the hand. Um, I wonder if that injury is what kept Brizal out of uh, out of this tournament. I think that I, I can't remember if I said this or just thought it back in Ottawa, but like I, I thought it would have made sense for to to do exactly what Gianni's doing here and just switch one Olympic setter for the other and Absolutely. just give give Tony Uti a week and then give Brizard a week off, exactly like they just did. Um, whether or not Brizard is injured, I think this makes a lot of sense. And uh, this France team in the Philippines is is going to be really dangerous, especially because I don't think they play well. They certainly don't play Italy this week. They already did. So uh, France's schedule this week. China, which was forfeit. We'll get to that in just a minute. Um, China, Japan. Um, who else do they have? Easy, easy. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm missing a couple. China, Japan. Man, why aren't these popping up? Uh, Netherlands, that's easy. And so, yeah, I don't think they're going to have all that much of a challenge this week. And they, I would be surprised if France didn't go 4 out to be honest. Yeah, I mean, we we also felt that last week, um, and they they did short. eventually they, lose to Poland. Yeah, exactly. They they came they came a little short to the, on it, but uh, I think this French team right now, just the way they're constructed and the, and the way they're running, you know, bringing Gianni in was the perfect guy. I think because he's that young players type of coach, so he's just going to run with them. Right. You know, he's not going to come in and want to establish any type of style. He's not going to come in and want to be like, "Hey, guys, we need to play this way." I think what he really did in Ottawa is we came in and he assessed and he was just like, okay, this is the way these guys are going to play. This guy, he reacts in this way. He, he, he wanted to get the, to know the guys a little bit more um, rather than trying to impose a style or, or figure some, some things out because they are the Olympic champions and they do everything so well. They're so skilled. Um, so this, this team is, you know, this is a final four team for sure. I, for I sure. For sure. Yeah. Without question. Uh Moving on to Everett's Maple Volleys, who we got to know very well in Ottawa. Really two switches only. Like we expected, Everett, Jay Blankenau gets the week off. 
Yeah, uh, he was really struggling and uh, didn't start the Bulgaria match. Really struggling that Italy match. Uh, his knee was bothering him to some degree, so he gets the week off. He's replaced by Derek Epp, which we are both, I'm sure, very excited about. We we both called for it uh, last week in Ottawa. And then the other switch is the insertion of Eric Lepke. And what I'm surprised by is that he replaces Jesse Elser. So no Jesse Elser this week. And Riley Barnes will dress as the second libero for Canada the entire week in Bulgaria. Are, you, actually, are you sure about that? Yes. I, I'm not. I am, I am certain about that. Uh, Riley Barnes will dress as the second libero the entire week. Uh, that, okay. that comes straight from Claire, who, Claire Hanna, who's there, who talked to Benjo. So uh, the, the outsides will be Lepke, Mar, Hogue, and Matthias Elser. And then uh, Barnes will be the second libero behind Justin Louis the whole week. And then Epp, Walsh, the setters. Other than that, everything else exactly the same as Ottawa. So uh, that's Howe, Van Berkel, Eschenko, and Mark Wilson in the middles. And then Slater and Brody Hofer on the roster as the opposites. So uh, Canada. Yeah, I but, mean, the, the only the only real person that we could in- integrate there is Danny Demianenko. Who, who I was I'm a little bit, too. I was, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a little surprised uh, that he's not kind of in the, in the mix there. Um, I know that they have two other guys on the roster. They, so they've got 16 guys with them in the Philippines uh, instead of 14, so they can continue training together. Um, but I mean, ultimately, is there any other teams that we need to, to break down or can we kind of jump into just one more, just one more. And that is the most important team. The, the only yeah, undefeated okay. men's Easy team now. leads the VNL standings right now after sending a B team to Brazil, getting out of their undefeated Maybe the by, nepotism team by some miracle. Uh, this is the United States roster for Bulgaria. Uh, Tuaninga and Shaw, again, the setters. Uh, only one different middle, which is I Mitch Stahl. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Um, <laughs> Mitch, Mitch Stahl in for Pat Gassman. So uh, David Smith, Jeff Jendrick, Mitch Stahl, and Tyler Mitch in the middles. That's four pretty good middles. Uh, Kyle Ensing and Kyle Russell at opposite. So no Jake Haynes this time. I love go. let's go. I love that Kyle Russell is here. And Honestly, then, like I think he I think he should be the number one guy giving it given a sniff. I, I do feel too, like he's except all... except the Tuaninga to Ensign connection. That is the only reason why Yeah, but Tuaniga's uh, not the center full full time here. This like, week he is. Yeah, but this, this week, week like I, I'm talking about in general. I think this should be Kyle's Russell's job to at least give a shot at. I at agree least, with you. We already least, talked about this. We already talked about this. We already talked about this, and I agree with you. But uh, it, it's just a stopgap thing to get Matt Anderson back for World Championships. So we'll, we'll see. I hope that Russell gets some run this week. Outside hitters for the U.S. TJ DeFalco is in. Thomas Jeske, Aaron Russell are back. And unfortunately, Garrett Mogatutia is back. Those, unfortunately are probably the four world championship outside hitters, which is stupid, but it is what it is. I'm excited. Well, who, else, to... who, who else do you have? Like, who would you say about my out for? Nobody, because assuming that Taylor Sanders gone permanently, like, that's it. And then like you don't like like Cody Kessel. No, no, no. That, that's it. Like, Mangatutia at least can control the ball for, for better, for worse. Like, do we want to go Israel style and bring out JT Hatch out of retirement? <laughs> like... I, I'm down. He played VLA this year. Uh, Eric Shoji is back at Libero as well. So this U.S. roster, all they did was go 4-0 and last week of the B team and add a better Libero, 
another great opposite option, another great middle option, and another great outside hitter option. So I'm, I'm gonna bet I'm gonna bet you guys for to go zero and four this week. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, I just I just feel it. Hey, that worked like a charm last week when I thought they were gonna go zero and four in Brazil and they walked you, out. You jinxed <laughs> everything <laughs> last last Monday when we did our preview show and you were like. Uh, Canada's going to look awesome. They're going to. They might go five. They might go four and zero. Oh, and the USA is going to be dog shit. And they <laughs> they ended up going four and zero. Oh. But man, they 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 do like that USA Serbia match tomorrow afternoon is going to be really really good. Big time. It's going to be a lot a lot of fun to watch. So that's it for rosters. Let's talk about matches that were yes. played because there were some today. Uh, this is the the beauty of VNL is like other than the day of Monday, which has no matches. Tuesday through Sunday, whether it's men's or women's, just has volleyball on constantly, which is sweet. So uh, by the time we woke up here in North America, uh, Slovenia had already been swept by the Netherlands. Man, Slovenia and is looking bad. 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 Like, like we're talking bad. Like, Lebedu, what's happening, bro? It's bad. So uh, they brought Tina Earn out this week is, is the only like addition from the roster that was in Brazil. He didn't play this match. Uh, Rock Mozic only 12 points. Uh, Namir Abdelaziz, 18 points, led all players with three a- plus three aces. If you have Benny Tweenstra outscoring Rock Mozic, you've got a problem on your hands. That should not be the case. Man, look at that. Like 12 from Mozic, 11 for Ziga Stern. Like, what is going on with the Slovenia team? Like, they are just they are just falling apart in, in front of our eyes. And, and it, 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 it seemed like everything was set up, too. Like they had that golden generation with Chabul and Earnout and 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 Stern and all, all those guys, and they were going to be like, "Hey, Rock Mozic, you are the leading scorer in Italy. Here's the team." And it's just the baton has been dropped so far for Slovenia. I wouldn't even and say it's Mozic's fault. It's just like the, everything else on that team just doesn't work. Do we, and I can't do really we, figure it out. Do we? Well, a you just don't really have anyone other than Rock Mozic, right? Like, who do you have on the right side? Uh, th- this so uh, this it wasn't Tunchek's turn. It was some character named Concilia, yeah, Concilia. Dan- Danielle Concilia, and uh, I, I have no idea who that is. He so you have no one. You have no one points. on the right side there, and they're just like all of that pressure is, is going on to yeah, uh, eight, eight, right for, eight for twenty with three errors was this Concilia character. Hey Everett, so I, I, I wanted, wanted to throw this out there. If if you're ever in trouble, buddy, if you, I don't know, you get yourself into trouble, you're running away from the cops, perhaps you can come to you can come to my place, you can hide, and I will. Concilia, <laughs> get it? You see what I did there? We don't even know if that's his name. It is. That's his name. That's how you pronounce it. Uh, how do you know? Because I know how to pronounce Slovenian. I've done my work. It's okay. That joke was horrible. I apologize to all the viewers. Let's that move was on. terrible. <laughs> I'm so watching bad. our viewers just our viewer count just plummet right now. Jeez, that was bad. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on to the wait next minute. one. Wait, wait. There, there's oh, a wait. point in the chat that says crazy barnes slander no i'm not slandering riley barnes i didn't say anything bad about him i i I stated a fact he is the second libero this week that is what ben josephson has said this and you saw it today he he dressed at libero he even came in for justin louis at libero today and played well yeah i didn't say anything bad about riley barnes i stated a fact every match this week riley barnes will be dressed as a second libero for canada that is just the way that they're doing it this week so get out of here with that all right all uh, right Moving, anyway, moving on, moving moving on, on to Argentina, uh, Japan. Argentina, the, Japan. So, again, I woke up to this, didn't get to watch any of it. Watch the highlights after the fact. The numbers here. Japan outblocked Argentina, 6-5. to five, But more importantly, look at these serving numbers. Argentina, 1 ace to 18 errors. Brutal. Conversely, Japan, 9 aces 
to 20 errors. A lot of errors, but that that ratio, pretty darn good. Three aces from Nishida. Three aces from Nishida. Three from Ishikawa. Three total from their two middles. Like, our Argentina, I mean, Bruno Lima was fine, 18 points today. They've got to get something consistently out of their outside hitters. That position is a revolving door right now. Of all the teams, like, I thought with Palacios and uh, Polonsky that they were going to be solid, you know? And they just look like they're struggling. Like, out of all the teams in the VNL, they, other than, like, the Netherlands, maybe the Australia. Bad teams. Yeah, the, bad teams. the bad teams. They, they have some of the worst left sides right now in the VNL. I wouldn't um, even and, say that they're playing badly. It's just that they can't decide who's going to play ever. So they have five of them, and we've seen uh, well, at least four. Palacios and Lazo started today. Then Vicentin came in. I've they, yeah, so they have five. I have no idea who Vicentin is. Uh, and then Polonsky and Armoa didn't even play. So they have five guys that have already seen time this VNL, and nobody's like taken that that taken that role and really made it theirs because all of their leashes are a little too short. In my opinion, I saw as I, I did all four Argentina games in Ottawa commentated them and they just, they had very short leashes. Mendez would just pull them like halfway through the first set. If they weren't, if they weren't hitting seven fifty. like it, it was, it was just way too much inconsistency was from who was on the court at that outside hitter spot for Argentina. I do think right now too, is that Argentina has a lot of uncertainty and they're lacking a little bit of confidence and that's terrible against Japan because Ooh, Japan is, is Japan is a team that's going to be playing with ultimate confidence and they're flying right now. They are absolutely motoring. Like these numbers from Nishida are absolutely like, like they're, they're, they're pretty damn good. You know, 25 points, 20 kills, three, uh, three aces, two blocks. Like, those are some all-world numbers, and they're like they—they've got it. Like the, the entire team is just bought in, and that's Japanese volleyball. So when you're not feeling yourself, and you go up against Japan, and I mean, we've seen it with Canada a lot, where it's an off night. We have some B guys out there, and Japan just throttles us, and this is exactly what's what's going to happen. It's why it's why they're consistently in the top ten in the world. Yeah, and Japan just based on the eye test looks really really good, and it's going to take a team that can play almost as clean as them but much like bigger and with more firepower than them to beat them consistently and that's not a recipe that a lot of teams in the world can really do right now that i can pick off the top of my head or at least not many that japan has played yet japan also has had so far a pretty easy schedule just like the women so that actually, actually oh, really? just today, i wonder how that happened no, uh, funny so, crazy, crazy oh i wonder right? Huh. Um, yeah. Anyway, but, so uh, following along with Japan this week is going to be interesting. They play France. That is going to be their first real, real when, test. When is that? Uh, I think it's two days from now. Uh, yeah, Friday. Uh, Friday, uh, unfortunately, it's at 3 in the morning Eastern mm. time. So uh, that, that's that's a shame. But that's going to be the first real test I for Japan. Night, so I'll be getting tournament. home from work at that time. So I will yeah, watch that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, moving on. The Maple Volleys. Yeah, know, let's let's a, let's dive into what we, yes. what we should have started. In started a match here. that the Maple Volleys today, the Canadian men had to win. Oh, it, it started bad. Match. Must must win. And it started started bad. terrible. It was tied. It fi- started bad. Tied fifteen to fifteen in the first. Australia went on a six to nothing run. Where Canada got no, like, but way before that, we were up by a lot. It I was know like it was nine, nine, nine it was four, nine, twelve, five. seven, or something. But yeah, it was, it was fifteen fifteen, and Australia went on a six to nothing run. Canada got trapped in rotation. One looked terrible. Couldn't pass seventy five percent jump spin serves. It was it was bad. It looked bad. It looked like the bad Canada that we saw in Ottawa. But then. Fortunately, 
They totally turned around uh, one set, two in extras, and then uh, 25-19, 25-22 to beat Dave Preston, get three points, and in a match that really will have a lot to do with who gets relegated. We got to be honest mm-hmm. there. And yep. Even in the, in the post-match interview, Stephen Marr acknowledged that. He was like, yeah, this is the reality. Being a challenger team in VNL, when you play another challenger team, that match matters just that little bit more. Mm-hmm. It's got to stay in VNL. Mission accomplished here for Canada. Yep. Pretty much. I mean, you basically said it all. Thanks. Um, <laughs> hey, there's some numbers. There's some numbers that are worth getting into. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, for, for sure. Um, but to be honest, like scared after the first set. Like yeah, that, that's And it, uh, into the second, right? Because it looked like there for a bit that they were going to be going up. Like we nearly got out of the second set by the, by the skin of their pants. Realistically, they started with Nick Hogue. Didn't go well for for uh, El Capitan on on this day. Just wasn't good in serve receive. Wasn't good attacking. Canada had f- five errors uh, in the first set in attacking alone, not even even serving in in, in anything else. Yikes. Just attacking, and then they made eight errors in the re- in the rest of the match. So they really started to, to limit that. We saw Eric Lepke for the first time. He came in and did uh, a really good job. Uh, I found like just w- didn't try to do too much. Just kind of went out there and, and and did his thing, added a good five points. But just he understands the system and he knows how to play in with it. You could just tell he was way more comfortable out there, especially when they brought Epp in too. Like that connection w- was working really well. But at the end of the day, man, Stephen Marr. Stephen Marr has been absolutely unreal so far in, in this VNL. He's second in scoring, third in attacking, 10th in passing, 15th in, in service aces. Like Dude, he, this, he has been leading this team unreal. Another 23-point performance here. 19 for 35 with no errors. Zero errors. Zero. Zero errors for Stephen Marr today. He is the reason that Canada won this match. Deserves all the credit in the world. And I thought there were times, especially in the third set, where Ryan Slater really stepped up as well. A uh, 13 for 24 was reasonably good, plus a yeah. block of two aces. He's he's been very streaky for me, and he has been streaky. I agree. It's 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 this has definitely hasn't been the best version of Ryan Slater that we've seen. Uh, and I don't know if, if 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 that's just due to the change in style that, that that they're playing, or you know maybe he's a little bit older now and just passes prime. I'm not entirely sure. I hope that's not the case. Um, but there's just a few plays, and where I'm mostly disappointed with what Skaters play right now is defensively. Just a lot of chop shot, short stuff, kind of BS stuff that shouldn't be falling is falling in front of front of Skater. Offensively, he is making. A, like one or two many errors for me throughout the match, but at that I can deal with defensively. Let's start digging a couple more ball there, balls there, Slate, and let's let's get her going in transition. Yeah, the couple of things that I really talked about in Ottawa for Canada as a team were off-speed defense, like you're just talking about with Slater. Like you got to dig some of those tips and rolls, and then their their huge, huge, huge weakness in short serves. Any time that teams have figured out a way to make either Jackson Howe or a not only serves but in offensively as well too. Anything yeah. short, anything Any, short, anything short has killed Canada, and uh, that that is definitely an area they've got to figure out. This was an opportunity against an Australian team that shouldn't be on paper that good at serving uh, to really figure that out. The first set looked brutal. Australia in the match had eight aces, which is too many if you're a Canadian fan. But on, yeah. on the Australian side, one bright spot. This Pope kid, Lorenzo Pope, he's 21, he's two meters and five. Uh, he plays outside hitter. He went 13 for 35 as, a, as their like primary offensive option. He had a stuff block that basically ended Brody Hofer's career. <laughs> Sorry, Brody, for watching this, but that was just disgusting. Um, 
and he at 21 looks like a piece that maybe Dave Preston and the Volley Roos can build around because as we know, other than their middles, who actually both had really good games, uh, Weir and Graham were their second and third leading scorers, which was very impressive. Uh, this Pope kid looks like a piece. He looks like a piece, and he hasn't even played internationally yet. Like he, no, he, this he is his first look. Hasn't gone first to pro yet. yet. Hasn't, this is his first VNL. That is a prospect to watch for sure. Lorenzo, he's a, he's a, Pope he's a big body. He's athletic. Yeah. He seems like he's got a bit of uh, you know attitude to his game. I I, I kind of like it. It's going to be yeah, interesting like to him. see what what DP does with him. I mean, we're out there is uh, he's he's feeling like he's back at, at Brandon University in Brandon, Manitoba, just playing a bit with a bunch of U Sport guys out there. So that's probably why he had a had a had a good one too. Ten for um, seventeen plus two blocks and two aces for a medal. That's nice. Yeah, so big shout out to that Brandon program. Uh, one of the best. Like they they, they recruit uh, those uh, those international guys a lot. But uh, today was just a big sigh of relief. Um, you're still seeing, like, against Bulgaria, we saw them really take a step back in terms of the speed, especially they were running on the pipe, and we saw them take a step more towards the fast side again today. Like there, it wasn't a hey, let's let's change the offense. Let's just change it for tonight. In the next game, we're going to go back at it. And that's we're still seeing a lot of those miscommunications. Those, those yeah, a lot of off-speed. A lot of off-speed still. Ultimately, what you're really seeing right now is we're really, really missing Blair Band. Blair Band, like, like Blair Band was the quarterback. He was the prime defender of that defensive line. If you just watched him set up before any type of play, giving out cues, giving out gaps and seams, and he was so on it. And we just don't have that guy. There's like there's so many times today that Brett Walsh is taking that first ball and then we're automatically going to an out of system situation. And somebody else needs to be stepping into there. And Justin Louis, he's going to be that guy. I know he is. I have faith. He's just a little bit young so far. Riley Barnes, the same thing, solid all-around player, solid passer, but he doesn't have that mentality of that number one, you know, that top like top 10 libero in the world like 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 Blair Band had, right? And that's really what what we're what we're missing today. But we managed to pull out a big win today. Um, and that's all that matters. A big Wins W a on win. the scoreboard, and now we're up to a two and three on the uh, a win the, you know. is a win. Um, moving on up next for Canada, a couple very tough matches, Poland and Serbia followed by Iran. So I think two and two this week is good. I think Iran is, is very winnable. I don't see you, but you definitely aren't going to beat Poland. I can guarantee you that, but uh, I mean, stranger things are happening. You guys went four and oh last week. So I mean, you will not be, will not beat Poland. Well, so far your, so far your guarantees have been pretty bad. So let's, I'm I'm going to jump on that guarantee. I haven't, I haven't guaranteed a thing. This VNL I've, I've, I've given my some of my softer predictions. This is my first guarantee of VNL. Get Canada will not beat Poland. That I guarantee. Okay. But uh, okay. Serbia, like these will be some good tests for the Canadian team. And you're you are unfortunately after that start running out of time in regards to the playoffs. But beating Australia was huge for staying in VNL. That will check a very important box. And I think we should move on to the final match. Yeah. What? Uh, oh yeah. Oh, this one was. Uh... Was an interesting one, man. I, I'm this really starting. Was to interesting. I'm really starting to worry about Iran, and not only in this VNL, but in their spot into because I, I feel like in the last decade, Iran and Canada were the two teams to really come out of the the crappy teams, out of you know the toilet bowl, out of the garbage can, to come into the somewhat decent teams, the teams that can come out there and and perform, get wins against any team. Like on a good day, they can beat anyone. Uh, and compete with anyone. 
for for me right now, we're we're seeing uh, Canada make that transition to stay at this level. And I think right now, like you know, if we go two and two this week, we just stay, figure things out. Like that's that's a win for us. But Iran, I'm looking at this team, and I just don't see where they're going in general. Right, and maybe that's just because I have such intimate knowledge of the of the Canadian national team, and I believe so much in what they're doing. And I have no reference point whatsoever for Iran, but it's just that like. I don't see them competing at that same level as they once did even close to. Yeah. I, I think that's a great comparison between Iran and Canada teams that before the year, like 2010 ish were just nowhere to be found. And really the landscape of international volleyball then created a sustainable program on the back of sort of a golden generation got to the Olympics consistently. Mm-hmm. And now, now after some turnover are trying to stay there. I am with you. I think Iran should be very concerned about making the next Olympics. I don't see it right now. Their world ranking is dropping precipitously. Uh, there's they, they don't have the benefit of playing in an easy continent anymore because like the, the last time they this past Olympics they did. They were the only team in Asia because Japan automatically qualified. They didn't have to play them. So Iran was like a shoe in for the Olympics without the benefit of the easy continent with the new system and without you know, just as good of a team as they used to have, I would not predict Iran to make the Olympics in 2024. Or I, I don't know if I see the the pipeline of new players just yet to get them there even afterwards. I, I just don't quite see it yet. And I, I'll admit, I, I did watch the whole match today, but I didn't see much of them down in Brazil. I know they they just didn't really do anything all that significant. But this match against Bulgaria today, Iran had some real opportunities in both sets two and three couldn't quite figure it out and i do give bulgaria credit because we saw bulgaria and ottawa we we, we know they went zero and four but we and i ever both knew that they were better than that sure enough they play at home in front of an incredible crowd um you know and, you know the bulgarians are going to show up just oh they, they were amazing and uh, i mean stop me if you've heard this one before alex nikolov is the truth 52 percent yeah. efficiency 20 for 31 with only four errors the kid is amazing. He's, uh, I mean, amazing. Like, I, I really don't want to get into it again because we talked about it so much when we were in Ottawa, but watching him play is just poetry in motion. Like, I don't know if I've amazing. ever seen a player who's so smooth and so natural with his movements and just so confident at in what, age he, in what 18. he does. That, that's at really age 18, at the size that he is, at the at the level that he executes at, he is... He has the honestly, he has the potential to be uh, like, Any... let's let's like, let's let's put him like, I know what might be early in the year. Those other guys have done it at a much different level than he has in Italy and on national teams and whatnot. But like, just from the eye test, I st- have to start looking at him as being one of the best young talents we have in the world right now, alongside Micheletto, alongside Marlon Yant, alongside Rock Nozic, because he is just so damn good. He's he's right in there. He really, really is. And if you think that's crazy to say, you've just got to trust us that we've seen the kid play in real life now, and he just really is that special. On the other hand, I think Rado Parapunov really needs to play better. Uh, he, he was he was not good enough in this one. Four for 12 with three errors plus a block and an ace, six points only in three sets. Bulgaria needs an opposite. And right, right, right now, I mean, Martina Tanasov is really good, and Nikolov is the truth. I think Saganov, is, et cetera, is like, good enough 
Their libero is kind of a non-factor. Their middles are okay. I'm really surprised Alex Grozdanov isn't on the roster this week. That's a little weird, but just give I've, no, just give Grozdanov a rest because he's hands down your best. He's by hands far, down your best by player. far their best middle. But yeah, without until Sokolov comes back, maybe for the World Championships, they need more out of their opposite. Man, but they, I don't, I don't know why they're not giving Karyagin a sniff. Like I thought he was pretty good when he came for, came in for them in Ottawa. A little, I, know, I think they're both a little erratic. Uh, I think they're both a little a little spray the ball out of bounds prone. I I, I wouldn't hate seeing really either one of them. I think they're both um, similar. Just one's a righty, one's a lefty. I, they they need more out of another opposite spot for sure. But yeah, I mean, a very important win today for Bulgaria. Very very important to get those three points. Do it at home. They're a challenger team as well. Uh, they need to stay away from relegated. They need to outpace Australia. This was big big for bulgaria today yeah i mean a lot of those challenger teams are at the bottom right like china's a challenger team they've only got one win argentina are they a challenger team no Um, argentina is a core team yeah australia china bulgaria china bulgaria canada and i think slovenia is the last one that that would make sense so all of those teams in the you know the 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 bottom six uh realistically bottom seven uh so yeah, going to going to be going to be interesting, but right now, just looking like our Australia, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, does, unless does not look good, unless a miracle can happen this week here in Bulgaria, um, I just don't see much coming from Australia whatsoever. Australia plays Bulgaria uh, with the Bulgarian crowd. I don't see that. They play Poland, no way, and Serbia, no way. I don't, <laughs> I don't see it this week. And even when they finish off, they have to finish off Japan, Germany, Argentina, and France. Ouch, dude. <laughs> yeah, crazy. if they wanted to get if they wanted to get wins week one, week one, like that's how you know Argentina's in a bad state. They lose to Brazil, who was horseshit, lost to Slovenia, <laughs> who's horseshit, lost to Iran, who sucks, and lost to the Netherlands. They lost to all the next worst worst teams. And then the next one is like literally they lost to all the bottom six teams first, except for Brazil, of course, but yeah. might as well put them there right now. So ooh, Argent Australia, man. Not going to be not going to be pretty not going to be pretty for you guys. So that that'll do it for the matches that happened today. Uh, a couple matches really to look forward to this week. Uh, Brazil versus Poland is tomorrow, uh, and the USA versus Serbia tomorrow. Both of those matches in Bulgaria tomorrow will be awesome. So Brazil, Poland, USA, Serbia. Uh, let's see; those match times are. 10 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Eastern, and 1 p.m. 1 p.m. So those are very American-friendly times. Uh, so Brazil, Poland, Serbia, USA will be really good. Uh, Japan versus Italy on Friday—that's probably at a terrible time. No, it's at 7 a.m. Yeah, it could be worse. Uh, okay, that's I mean, that's in, in this this pool over here. Uh, Canada versus Iran Saturday is a big one for Canada, and then Japan versus France back in this pool, which is in the middle of the night, but that's a big one as well. And then USA Poland Sunday is a really big one. Ooh, uh, that should be a that should be a fun one. So a couple right spicy matches, yeah. Couple Absolutely. spicy matches going on this week. So volleyballworld.tv is where you can watch all those or join the Discord. We can help you out if possible. Couple other things, Everett, before we wrap up the show this week, starting with our friends at BetUS. Give the people. All right, guys. You watch sports? I mean, we're kind of in a dead zone. The NHL playoffs are just about to wrap up. Did you bet on the Golden State Warriors? I have a buddy who bet on the Golden State Warriors in like January. Big shout out to Jared Brown. And he got a huge payout. You know where you can get a huge payout? Over here with our friends at BetUS. They're the longest running sports book in the United States. They've been around since 1994. That's why they're called America's Favorite Sportsbook. And when you sign up with them and use the code VOLLEY125, you're going to get a 125 discount bonus. That being said, 
if you deposit $100, you are going to get $125 extra for free. It is literally free money. And what you're going to do is you're going to go put it on a nice little baseball game. Uh, maybe a few, few do a nice little parlay, turn it into like maybe 300 and then you go home and buy the missus something pretty. That's how, that's how it's going to work. All right. So go use the uh, code Volley125s. Uh, when you sign up uh, with BetUS, you can just go and click the uh, link below. And next and very importantly, but if you want this T-shirt that Everett is wearing, is uh, check this out again. Court and the rules are the same. So we uh, – <laughs> is that on back your shirt? Yeah, if you want I want swag, kind of like that. <laughs> You know what we should do is that that quote like the end of the day volleyball is volleyball. And still play it on court still nine still, by nine. The court's still nine by nine. When we should like we should quote that. Oh, I'm gonna put that on a t-shirt. Well, if right. you want to buy t-shirts uh, with the spicy volleyball logo, which is an all-time great, or nine by nine, or anything, any other great volleyball merch, there really isn't that much volleyball merch out there. But there Not is thatvolleyball.store. So thatvolleyball.store is open. And you can buy all sorts of good stuff from there. So give that uh, give that a look. Uh, the links in the description. Yeah, that volleyball dot store is open for for nine by nine merch. If you want to support the show or any other sorts of volleyball merch that you can wear to grass tournaments this summer or whatever, there's a lot of great stuff in there. Mm-hmm. All right, is that it? A uh, couple couple other things. Um, just. More national team news. The European Golden and Silver Leagues are going on. Now, I don't blame you for not watching them. I haven't watched them because there's VNL going on with real teams playing. But there is some stuff on the line in those matches because uh, the format, if, you, if you're if you trying to get into VNL, you need to win the FIVB Challenger Cup, which is a tournament featuring a handful of continental qualifiers from all over the world. To get into the FIVB Challenger Cup, you need to win a certain continental national team tournament most of which are extremely insignificant because most of the continents, uh, they're all the other only good teams are already playing VNL. Europe, however, being the most stacked continent in the world by far, uh, does have some pretty meaningful continental national team action going on. And uh, the Golden Leagues, which are the teams that send European teams to Challenge Cup, are both wrapped up. They both wrapped up this week. And on the men's side, a very, very surprising result. The Czech Republic wins the Golden League. Oh, he wasn't there. He wasn't there. Vecina wasn't there. Even Hadrava wasn't there. Like, they were missing everybody. I didn't recognize anybody from that Czech team. And they beat Adis Lagumja. They beat Arsan Ekshi. And they beat Turkey in the finals of the CV Golden League to win that tournament and go to Challenger Cup. I was shocked by that. They also beat the Ukraine in the semifinals, which I both, both Ukraine and Turkey, I think, are better than the Czech Republic right now. Czech Republic beat both of them. They're going to challenge. Uh, Plotnitsky for sure. They had Plotnitsky for sure. I don't know about Glatter. I'll put up the score sheets really quick. But a very, very surprising result for the Czech Republic to win the CV Golden League and go to FIVB Challenger Cup. If you are Cuba, you are thrilled about this because that takes one of your main competitors, which would have been either Turkey or Ukraine. I think both have a better chance to beat Cuba than Czech Republic does. Yeah, but I know yeah. once Czech Republic like brings back those guys, you bring back Vasina, you bring back Dazranak, like you I don't, bring I don't Kudrava. know. If, ooh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I certainly maybe uh, I think uh, Hadrava would be subtraction by addition to say the least. But I, yeah, I, that's what you keep saying, and you know very, JW ended up beating Ube in the in the first round of the the Champions League. So <laughs> very very surprised. So yeah, the Czech Republic wins the CV Golden League. They'll play an FIVB when Challenger is- Cup. 
when is that challenger tournament? When I think is it's the later challenger this, I think it's later this summer. I'm honestly not sure. Uh, then on the women's side, uh, the Czech Republic appeared in the finals on the women's side as well, but they lost to France. So France beats the Czech Republic 3-0 in women's CEV Golden League. They will play FIVB Challenger Cup for a chance to play VNL. And honestly, looking like elsewhere in the world, I don't really know if they're going to have much competition in that Challenger Cup tournament. I don't really know who else would be in that mix. Argentina? Maybe. Maybe. Like Puerto Rico, maybe. They're not really that they're not really that strong anymore. Uh, um, Challenger Cup men's is the last weekend of July. Okay. And women's is uh, also the last weekend of July. All right, fair so, enough. Yeah, well, women's Challenger Cup is France, Croatia because they're hosting Puerto Rico, Colombia, uh, Czech Republic because they're the top ranked team in Europe, Cameroon, and Kazakhstan. Like. Yikes! There's not not really that much so going to be. On it's going to be. It's going to come back to Czech, Czechia, and France, basically. Probably. So who, uh, who's on the men's? Who's on the men's? men's side? Uh, Turkey because they won Golden League last year and there was no okay. Challenger Cup last year. Then uh, Qatar from Asia, Tunisia, Chile, Cuba, and Korea because they're hosting. So that okay, I so think you have, it, you have four teams there that are all well, not bad, three. right? I think Korea has an outside chance. They do not. I mean, what do you know about Korean volleyball right now? Nothing. Exactly. <laughs> so they, like, that's what I'm saying is like, this is, this is a country that actually has pretty good systems. They have a pretty decent league, right? Like they they're, be, they're, they're they the poor be, man's version of Japan at every position. And they're not going to be, they certainly can't be Cuba or Turkey. I don't see, I don't but see we don't know what Cuba's going to be bringing. Yeah. I don't know if I, right? that, like, that's, that's really like the question. This, like Cuba's Cuba's the best team at that tournament for sure. But can they, Cuba's the best team when they're good, but they're also terrible when they're bad. Do, yes, they, have they, Robert, do they have Robert Lanny Simone, right? Who's, and, who's, who's going to be setting for them? Is it Adrian Goida? Like who's, who's, who's going to be on the right side for them? Like there's a lot of unknowns about Cuba. And do we, they we have any Ronnie on here? He's going to tell they, us. If they win that tournament and get the, the VNL spot, do they have any intention of even playing VNL? Will they yeah. be, will they be financially able to play VNL? Uh, oh, I mean, you know, you know the FIVB and Norseg will come up with some fun little way to get them there. Uh, um, I hope so. Honestly, I, I honestly hope so. Uh, I mean, spe- I, do, I do too. I do too. Speaking of Cuba, uh, it was it was a fun storyline and a trash talking point in the Discord that Cuba overtook Canada in the world rankings after Canada's bad week in Ottawa. Ooh, did that change? It did. Uh, yes. can- Canada, go. after beating our Australia today, now leads Cuba by... Two points. Yeah, suck it, Ronnie. <laughs> Two points. And as soon as Canada uh, loses to Poland, they'll probably drop right back down below. Probably but, not. We probably but, won't lose that many points for losing to the number one team in the world. But for Win now, set, we're good to go. But for now, uh, Canada leads Cuba in the world rankings. So, uh, Ronnie, yeah, you heard Everett just now. So uh, I think that's about it. A lot of national team going on. There's good matches all this week in VNL. Uh, men's VNL, that is the women come back next Tuesday, who we'll talk about on next week's show. So a uh, lot less like less frequency of shows for us now than we had while we were like there in Ottawa doing two a day. But uh, to talk about all this, ma- all this stuff, all these matches as they're going on, you can join the Volleyball Source Discord. The link is in the description. We are popping off literally all the time, 24 hours a day, talking about volleyball matches that are going on. And we will see you finally, ladies and gentlemen, next Tuesday. Hopefully with Dan next time. Hopefully with Dan next time. All right. Peace, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next time.